0: welcome to the 2s podcast with gage and mike
1: this is gage the philosopher and this is mike the farmer welcome back everybody to the two f's podcast uh starting a little later than normal we decided to dig holes and mix concrete first
0: yeah that was a fun time at nine o'clock in the morning
1: (laughs) nice little surprise yeah um our topic today is gonna be more on the political side as you can tell by the future title that
0: we haven't even decided on yet
1: (laughs) but it will be there let's go ahead and kick it off with our quotes
0: all right so i guess i'll go first because this is probably my longest quote i've ever had
1: yeah well that's the first thing i thought (laughs) it's because i don't like reading (laughs)
0: anyway (laughs) my quote is by a, a founding father uh samuel adams not the beer but but The actual guy. And uh, it is, The Constitution shall never be construed to authorize Congress to infringe on the just liberty of the press or the rights of conscience or to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms.
1: Let's leave us with our freedoms.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the congress we have now is not listening to this at all
1: yeah it's no surprise
0: <laughs> i know but that kind of deals in with the episode today
1: yeah yeah that ties in good
0: but yeah i, I read this quote when i was like and it kind of got under my skin a little bit because it's like them fucking assholes are doing the exact opposite right now Yeah, and so i had to share the quote with everybody
1: Yeah, strict, full democracy can naturally lead into (laughs) tyranny. Yeah. So we're a republic.
0: And if you don't know, we have an episode we've done on that already.
1: Constitutional Republic versus democracy.
0: Yep. (laughs) Check it out. (laughs) Actually, our number one listened to podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My quote comes from Ian McGilchrist. Uh, He just published... His masterwork. In the past year, it's fifteen hundred pages and a hundred and sixty dollars to get. I have it on order right oh, now. I'm about ready to <laughs> say it. I bet you have it on order. I right? am extremely <coughs> excited Fuck. to read it. Careful. Shit's going south. The mic and the Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his first book that uh made it huge was called the master and his emissary the divided brain and the making of the western world and he's doctor in psychiatry doctor in neuroscience and literature turned philosopher in his later days so he has a lot of background and professionalism Mm -hmm. to observe and Instead of just making claims actually has data and things to back it up. And the quote I was going to do with them was in regards to, you know, any sort of data we get, we're going to get whatever we want based off of, um, which whatever lens we're looking through. So perceptions is everything.
0: Well, yeah. If you're looking at, especially if you're looking at it with a bias,
1: but this quote: "The only certainty, it seems to me, is that those who believe they are certainly right are certainly wrong." <laughs> I like that. Yeah. If you're so hardcore on this, is it no open mind? It just it, all it says is you're here to be right, not for the truth. Yeah. So
0: no. yeah, I mean, because if if you're look setting out with, I'm looking to be right. You're going to look at every possible clue that proves you're going to be that you're right, and you're going to ignore the ones that prove you wrong.
1: Yep. And I think we see that in the political world quite a bit today, or with COVID nineteen. Just about anything. We have to blurp that out, or, or we're going to get shut down. The 2020 election. <laughs> sorry uh, I'm withholding my own examples 9-11 Jesus
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Muhammad alright oh, I'm no. done <laughs> <laughs> you're starting
0: to tread on dangerous ground
1: <laughs> alright let's let's cut into our topic we're talking about um the two-party system the two-party system why it's a piece of shit (laughs) or why it may not be a piece of shit but probably is yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're kind of got on the idea to do this episode because we and gage was talking about the uh, founding fathers one day and we were just kind of talking around it and we talked about how George Washington really wasn't a fan of it. And so that got us kind of spurred around talking about it and kind of trying to figure out how we got to where we are today where with it being such a polarized or polarizing effect on people where you got to be this with this party or this party. You can't, you can't be in the middle. You can't be neutral. You got to side with one or the other.
1: Yeah, you're left or you're right. Yeah. Up or down. Hot or cold. That's from a song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't know. My thing is, what the guy understand though, before we really start talking about it, is like whether you're left or right, you're attached to the same fucking thing. You know? So. The government? Well, you're the United States as a country.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean,. If all you have is one side, you know, making these laws and the other side, overturning them laws and trying to do these laws. And then when the other side gets back in, they try and do the same thing. You're just spinning your wheels and it don't work anyway.
1: Yeah. And right now it's like you got the left and right wing of a bird and they're fighting each other and ain't going to fly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: But from what I was looking up, which I'm sure you got some good examples or quotes mm. of how our founding fathers weren't necessarily for a two-party system. I was trying to look up how how it kind of got there. Yeah. And apparently um, it was in the early 1790s. Mm-hmm. They saw the emergence of the Federalist Party and the Democratic Republican Party.
0: Yep, which is the predecessor of the Democratic the Democratic Party we have today. Mm-hmm. Because the Federalists were disbanded, and uh, after the War of eighteen twelve, they ceased to exist.
1: But right, and that this is what I found interesting because I never heard this phrase, and never would have heard this phrase and thought of it to be in the eighteen sixteens. Yeah. But I was saying when that sort of took a break, these two parties, I guess it was Alexander Hamilton and and James Madison.
0: Well, what it was is, uh, so this was when George Washington was serving a second term. And a lot of people say that the only reason George Washington served a second term as president is because of the infighting that was going on between his cabinet members and just the people in, his, in uh, Congress and everything else. So essentially what it is is that <coughs> Alexander Hamilton and James Madison were uh, federalists. They believe in a stronger federal government and they were uh, more connected, had more ties to England because they represented more like the northern businessmen, rich merchants and stuff like that. Which England was the world trade hub of of the time, so then you had like Thomas Jefferson, which was the only real one I could really find the name on. Who was also in uh, George Washington's cabinet, who was for small government against centralized banking, you know, or again, well, I guess a national currency or whatever national bank. <laughs> and he represented more like your, uh, farmers, you know, uh, work, you know, your average, just everyday working man, I guess would be your more what he represented. And that's him. And, uh, I want to say it was Madison, but I cannot remember for sure. Cause I think at some point Madison turned his back on Hamilton. But anyway, they started the, uh, the yeah Madison did and in uh, 1791 Madison and Jefferson joined forces and formed the Democratic Republican Party which is to run against the the Federalist and Alexander Hamilton so yeah I mean
1: and it and, and just a random thought putting it together this is all taking place in um the guy we were talking about last weekend. Ralph Otto Emerson. Yeah. Was all during this when he was getting political with saying we need our own American and well, cut ties he, with thoughts from abroad and wonder how much this political controversy played a role. Yeah, in that.
0: because he, he was born what, right after the or right around the war of eighteen twelve era. So I mean, he really wasn't too far after this, you know, 30 years, maybe. So like his parents or his grandparents, you know, were alive during all this. So, yeah, it, this all happened in, you know, and really, if you think about it, 1791 is really not that far away. I mean, 230 years. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's and a historical aspect. That's not, that's not far, <clears throat> but and it was
1: it was after this apparently they resolved these political divisions for a decade and they called that the era of good feelings <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i was reading something about that cuz it wasn't cuz andrew jackson after the war of 1812 he formed the democratic party which i guess was going up against the democratic republican I, I can't remember exactly how it went but something along the lines of Andrew Jackson formed a basically formed the democratic party.
1: Yeah. There was the, um, cause that's when it all started again. The decade later, there was a split of the democratic Republican party, which was then against the federalist party. Yep. So the democratic Republican party split into the Jacksonian Democrats Yep. What, that was led by Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then you had that going against what they called the Whig Party. Yeah, the Whig by Party. By Clay.
0: Henry Clay. Yeah, that's what it was. And Henry Clay, which in case you don't remember, remember uh, Cassius Clay, who we've talked about on the podcast before? Mm-hmm. Henry Clay's his cousin.
1: Okay. And that all ties together.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Henry Clay lost that election. And of course, we know Andrew Jackson was president since he's on the Twenty dollar bill, no, nope. and and,
1: uh, and that's the Jacksonian Democrats. That is what we now know as the Democratic Party. Yes, and Clay, the Whig Party, is what we know as the Republican Party.
0: Yeah, because the Democratic Party was founded in the eighteen thirties, and then the Republican Party was founded in the eighteen fifties, and basically about the time they they got to what we know today was right before the American Civil War.
1: And so all, all this arrived that there's something going on to where people saw only this or that as a solution mm-hmm. or option. Yes. And people took sides. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's what, before I, we, I get to like some of George, George Washington's quotes about it, because actually his farewell address was actually pointed towards the two party system, a warning towards a two party system. But the the founding fathers didn't, most of them didn't want a two-party system except for one. And so like George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, and like James Madison, they were all against, you know, the two-party system. And the reason for this is because a lot of them, the English Civil Wars of the 17th century, which is just a hundred years, not even a hundred years prior to their time, had ravaged so much shit and caused so many problems like George Washington's family actually fled England to avoid the civil wars there. Alexander Hamilton, he called uh, political parties the most fatal disease the most fatal disease of popular governments
1: hmm.
0: And then James Madison, he wrote in one of the Federalist papers, That one of the functions of a well-constructed union should be its tendency to break and control the violence of faction. And now that's how they, the founding fathers, instead of using two parties or a party system, they use factions. Right. So just for everybody listening in, you know, because if we start saying faction, that's a party, essentially a political party. (laughs) But now who was not opposed to the two-party system? Which is kind of fucking weird when you think about it. Is Thomas Jefferson.
1: Hmm. And what was his reasonings for that?
0: His reasoning one is says, men by their constitutions are naturally divided into two parties. He up wrote, he wrote that in 1824.
1: So he's kind of taken it from a, uh, I don't want to say a realist point of view, but from a very hum- humanistic, Almost like he's just observes human nature because we naturally divide. There's no way around. It.
0: Yeah, there is. But at, at the same time, I think the reasoning, I think both arguments are solid. But in the same token, though, is that, you know, Washington, Hamilton and Madison were all, I think if I had to pick a side, I would be on their side because. The party system, it, it just gets so, so separate, so polarized that it's, it gets to the point like where we are now where there's, you cannot be in between, you know, if, right. and if you try, you're scrutinized by this both side. Sides. Yeah. By both sides, because you're not, you're, you're not, you know, you're fucking, oh, well, you don't agree with everything I agree with. Well, he doesn't agree with everything I agree with either. You know, fuck that guy.
1: And, and I, I, I agree with you. But I also think Jefferson's right in that it's bound to happen. Yes. And I don't know if there if there is a political way to try and prevent it that would last. Maybe for a while it would last, but like Jefferson's saying we naturally we're going to it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the only way to fix that fix people from taking this side and this side and then fighting over it and who, whichever side wins. Cause you're like, you said, you're always going to have that guy in the middle. Yeah. Taking things from both sides and presenting it. And people are just going to say, no, mm-hmm. no, you're against us. No, we don't want that. We want all or nothing. <laughs> I fact, like the only way to really change that is you have to change people. Yeah, on an individual level, you have to change the way people think and feel, and understand things, and almost teach a um, uh, what's the word, like a coming together.
0: Oh yeah, I'm curious. like
1: how not not necessarily how to compromise, but how to I cannot think of the word, Unify. but collaborate together, collaborate. and find find a uh, way to work it out almost just like you're going to start with knowing you're not going to get everything you want both sides need to just have that natural um i'm a lot lost for words today (laughs) um yeah because i'm not sure where you want not debate but um negotiate oh Like, you have to start with knowing you're going to negotiate, you're going to win some, lose some. So, if people naturally understood this is where it's going to lead, here's Mm. our full right side, here's our full left side. And then everybody expect to lose and win some and figure out what's going to work for the better of everything. Yeah. Then you can kind of, in a way, then you can make two-party systems work. Yeah, but... But or, sorry, go ahead. I, didn't. I, I just think it's it's down to an individual mindset. Mm. Everybody wants the all or nothing, and the other one's completely wrong. You're wrong on everything. It's like, no, the left have some things right, and so do the right. Yeah. It's like, how can we compromise? And
0: Yeah, because, I mean, and that's a very good, very valid point. And, but the main thing that the reason I would side with the, you know, would more go towards the other side is because of the aspect, like, Let's look at the 2020 election. All political bullshit aside, but the, you know, the Libertarian Party, let's say, you know, they weren't allowed to debate on stage with the Republicans and Democrat candidates. Why? Why? Why can't they? Why? Why? What's the reason why they cannot be up there and debate?
1: Right. Isn't it an equal party? Yeah.
0: Like, like, like the divisions and, and,
1: forced.
0: Yeah. And that's that's what I'm getting at like I don't think we we can have like an infinite number of people run for president. You know like not every person that you know says I'm running for president should get should be able to debate. I mean I think they should be able to campaign absolutely like they can, you know. But on the big debate stage, I get it if you have everybody that says they're going to run for president you're going to have fucking 400 fucking
1: people up there. Right. But if you're a a part of an actual political party. Mm -hmm.
0: So like put it this way,
1: if it was my way of doing it, so
0: instead of it being two parties, there'd be like fucking six. Okay. Let's just say that. And you have each person get up there and talk in the debate. They'd be allowed to debate, which there is like five or six parties. Anyway, there's uh, Republican, Democrat, libertarian, the Green Party, eh, another one, I can't remember for sure, but, but like, that was a part that chaps, that chaps me up, is because, you know, the Libertarian Party, yeah, they might get 1% of the vote, during an election, but, that's 1%, that's 3 million people, or well, you know, 1 million people at least, that voted for, them like, that's not a small number, you know, that's why I, Kind of feel like the founding fathers would be like hey you know why are you only letting these two debate what about these people you know
1: yeah i mean i mean yeah and if if, uh, if anything's gonna ever change you have to at least give them the right to voice the opinion yeah if you always shut them shut them down then they're never gonna get heard yeah, but it's kind of like... You're not even leaving it as an option. No. It's like you were saying. It's almost like they're trying to force the two-party system to stay. That's when a lot of people, even if they'd agree with the libertarian side, for example, they wouldn't vote for it because they're going to see it as a waste.
0: Yeah. Which the sad part is, like like I've told people, you know, it's, uh if everybody who thought voting for a libertarian was a waste would actually just go out and do it, we'd have a libertarian president.
1: And I think that's something we were coming close to here lately was a large amount of people tired of both sides. Yeah. People are saying like, okay, they're way too extreme and this other side's way too extreme. And it's getting ridiculous to the point that it's just stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, that large amount of people are going to vote the other way. and pe- And then even if it's not nearly enough, it could be a high enough spike, like, oh, instead of this group getting 1%, all of a sudden this year it was 10%. Yeah. And
0: people
1: are like, oh, well, next time. Yeah. There might be something there. Well, and I know just from
0: talking to uh, Republicans, they uh, their biggest thing is the reason a lot of the people that want to be libertarians and in, in there won't vote for them is because, well, if I don't vote Republican, you know, and all the people – You know, because there's a lot of people in Republican that are lean libertarian. They're like, if I vote libertarian, then the Republicans not going to get enough votes, and they won't get in, and that'll be worse than, you know, right. So, but I don't know. It's it's (laughs) it's bad that they have such a bad uh, division on everybody because I we have more in common than people think,
1: and a lot of it's you know, it's storytelling. So you got the right side presenting a story with the same data and facts. And you got the left side with the exact same data and facts presenting a different story, a different narrative. And so people are, are being divided by these narratives instead of creating their own, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where's that? where's that common narrative to where people can see the similarities like, Oh no, we both, we do want the same thing. We're just going about it completely different ways because we understand it or are being told this particular story. You know what? Neither of these stories are true. Mm -hmm. And when people start to realize they want the same thing, but they're, the reason they're going about it completely different ways is because they're both being told false narratives. Well, then people are going to only want the truth and when that truth is uncovered, they're going to realize, oh, not only do we want the same thing, but now we're agreeing on what we need to do about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think a lot of people can get behind one simple thing and that's we just want to be left alone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want the government sticking their nose in my shit, you know? yeah and because because a lot of because you know I've talked to people on both sides of the political spectrum, and that's the one thing I've found that a lot of them have in common is just the fact that most of them think we're taxed too much, which I agree. Most of them think the government's fucking overusing, or you know too powerful essentially. They're loading their pockets and fucking everybody else. And the fact that they stick their nose in too much into shit, and they shouldn't.
1: That's kind of the libertarian motto. There is leave us alone.
0: Yeah, yeah, we just want to do our own thing. But you know, we just the first thing you got to do is you got to get away from the two party system.
1: Yeah, I think the only the only way that will ever work is if. People start to think on their own Mm. instead of taking their current side as ultimate truth you know well they said this so you know and this is who i identify with you know it's a it's an identity problem again Mm. but you know nobody takes a step back and tries to you know own their own autonomy and authority and think on their own and figure things out and then you're actually you know then you're forced to learn you're forced to study and observe and not just, you know, regurgitate what you're being told without a second thought. Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And that, that's why, like, I, I think thought it was, you know, while I've kind of looked into the quote more that, uh, that Washington said, and, and, and all this was done in this farewell address when he left his second, second term. And the, uh, basically here i got the quote pulled up here and this was his farewell address which was september 17th 1796. it says however political parties may now or he's talking about political parties let me rephrase this so however factions may now and then answer popular ends they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them into unjust dominion.
1: My favorite line from that is, unprincipled men. Because pretty much what he's getting at, at least from what I understand right away from it, is you got people that don't hold to true principles or virtues or right intentions that use the system to get up there mm-hmm. and then take advantage of the people in the system for their own benefit. Very I, deceptive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When I, I was looking at... a. Uh along the lines of principles the uh, when I was looking for quotes a lot of the founding fathers were uh, had have quotes saying uh, along the lines of you know Christian values and stuff like that you know you know you can't have a a true republic or like that without having Christian values or something along those lines. I can't remember. I, I would pull it up, but I can't because, you know, airplane mode. Airplane mode. But uh, that might be a quote for next week. I'll we'll find one of them quotes again. And I'll share it with everybody, by the way, just as an example. But I got the Washington's farewell address thing from MountVernon.org. Which is basically all about Washington. And they give a pretty good breakdown of that whole <clears throat> that whole statement and if you you like i can read it real quick yeah it says washington is warning the american people against the negative impact that opposing political parties could have on the country during his pres- presidency he witnessed the rise of the democratic republican party in opposition to the federalists and worried that future political squabbles could un- would undermine the concept of popular sovereignty in the United States.
1: So what does it mean by popular sovereignty? That was the only... Undermining th- th- it.
0: That was the only thing that I was trying to figure out.
1: <coughs> Bless you.
0: <coughs> Bless you.
1: So would that mean just like the people's sovereignty themselves as opposed to the party's sovereignty?
0: Th- that would be... That would be my guess because normally when they say popular, it's more addressed towards the people, you know, like the popular vote or the popular this, or you know,
1: so it'd be giving power and sovereignty to the parties and not the people,
0: yeah. Is what so being popular, he was they worried that they were going to undermine the people's voting power essentially. That's my kind of. Or the power of the people, I guess what I would say. <laughs> which, and we see that. Yeah, which just goes to show that they weren't fucking stupid. Because right. honestly, like the Civil War, that's exactly what Washington was trying to avoid. Because what was the Civil War? It was between Republicans and Democrats.
1: Yep little known fact the south were democrats
0: yep the republican party freed the slaves
1: hmm.
0: but yeah it's it's wild to to really when you break it down and think about it how how far in the future I guess he was looking you know and that because, don't get me wrong, everybody sees George Washington as, you know, oh, he's the first president and he's the, the general that led us through, through uh, the revolution, you know. <clears throat> Which is all amazing things, amazing feats, don't get me wrong. But I don't think it, people realize how much effort he actually put into trying to keep the country together. And it's very infancy.
1: Right, looking at all the future problems based off of things they've experienced in the past.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's my biggest thing. Is It's like he was looking straight through the fucking... straight into the future.
1: And it's like, he's like, okay, now we have our country, and it's still unstable, and it can become everything bad that we got away from very easily. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. Think we kind of see that today
0: yeah i i think so too i mean I, I think i think if the founding fathers would come back now they'd be extremely disappointed in what we've let the country turn into
1: right i mean what happened to we the people yeah and the people's sovereignty and power. It's like, no, whatever the government says, whatever these parties say, we got to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're the little people because yeah. the people as a whole were supposed to be on top of the pyramid, so to speak. Exactly. And now we're at the very bottom.
0: Yeah, because, well, and the, the sad part is, as of right now, we still have the, the, uh, how you want to say it, we still do have the power, but you got to be the two party system is what's kind of limiting us from using it.
1: Right. right. It's being used <laughs> as a divide and conquer. Yes. You know, keep the people split and fighting each other.
0: Yeah. Cause if you keep people fighting each other, they can't unify against you. Right. And, and we're, I'm talking, you know, I'm not talking like physically kind of thing. I'm talking like in the voting booth.
1: Right. And always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of like some some person that has the strongest supernatural powers in the world. There's a supervillain that's beating the crap out of him, taking advantage of him, and this guy has no idea how powerful he is and what yeah. he can accomplish. And the supervillain's taking advantage of that state mm-hmm. until one day he realizes what yeah. he has, and then then it's just boom gone tides are turned
0: well and that's and that's like uh, if you want to bring up like career politicians the people have the power to not make them career politicians you just gotta everybody's just gotta make a con I know it's not a law or anything now but you gotta make a, a conscious effort like hey this person's been in for fucking 30 years and ain't done a motherfucking thing why do we keep voting them in
1: Right, and part right. of that's just our own ignorance, laziness, lack of care, wanting things to change, but not wanting to yeah. do anything well, about it.
0: And, and you know, I'm not to sound... I don't want to get too political, but I'll say this. The one senator from Indiana, he came up for re-election um, last year, or whatever the hell it was. I didn't vote. For one simple reason, is because... I knew he was going to get it because people were going to select his political party on the ballot and just vote straight that, and he was going to get in anyway, and he is a low-down piece of fucking shit, in my opinion. So, it's stuff like that 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 keeps these people in office, because they're the only one running on the Democrat side, or they're the only one running on the Republican side, and yet people go in and they're like, oh... My party, straight Democrat.
1: Yeah. Well, well what if Republican. you you couldn't do that? And by each person's name, it didn't have didn't have their political affiliation, mm-hmm. and you're kind of forced to read each person and read about them and what they want.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's I'm a hundred percent for that.
1: Because then you'll go in and you're not going to recognize any of these names, and you're not going to be able to affiliate with a party. So you're like, okay, well, I got to. At least figure out which of these guys are my party Mm -hmm. and just naturally in that kind of research. Yep. But then again, they're going to be able to Google something. Somebody's going to have a list of each person to vote for that party. Just it it has to start with the individual. Yeah. But changing the world, changing each individual's mindset of caring and realizing. But you can't just choose sides. That would be
0: a good start, though, in helping with the two-party system, which trying to correct it would be mm-hmm. get rid of political parties on the fucking, on the ballot. Don't have all oh, so-and-so Republican, so-and-so Democrat, so-and-so other or Libertarian or whatever. Just get rid of it.
1: Right. Get,
0: get rid of the straight Republican option, the straight Democrat option. Get rid of both of them.
1: Force people to have to figure it out for themselves. Because <laughs> you have
0: to educate yourself on yep. it on who you want to
1: but gosh, that half hour of work on your phone is just way too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. You got to look up who the guy is, you know, but uh, I don't know. It, it's like, because that option to me has always been confusing, which I've never, I don't think I've ever voted a straight ticket. I don't think I ever have. So, but I think most of you was like, yeah, I gotta go vote. One button. One button and done, you know. No, I'll, I'll be the guy. I'll go through everyone and <laughs> do it the way I see fit.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, people need to not be lazy and take responsibility. Absolutely. And,
0: and my thing is, is this too, okay? You hear a lot of people complaining about, you know, the government and this and that a lot of it can be done at a state level. Like you can run for state office. You can run for government, you know, the federal office, you know, if it's, if it's irritating you bad enough, run for office. I mean, it's literally that, that simple. This one guy I watch on YouTube, Brandon Herrera, <clears throat> he's running to replace the Republican nominee there in, uh, Texas and his district in the U S house of representatives, he's going to do that. Cause he's sick and tired of the way he was doing. he's like, you know what? Fuck him. And if we all had that kind of attitude, shit would be a lot different.
1: Yep. Yeah. But then you have to actually be knowledgeable about what's going on. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can't be ignorant. You gotta be.
1: Yeah. Like everybody's complaining about high taxes and inflation and they all just blame the other side. It's mm-hmm. Like, how about we really look into it and see why is this happening? And what are the direct causes and correlations? And it goes way deeper than, oh, political parties and who's yeah. president at the time. Well, it's way more than that. Oh,
0: absolutely. Oh, it goes so deep. It's like, you look at it this way. How somebody that's making $170,000, $190,000 a year fucking coming out of office in like 10 years being fucking multimillionaires.
1: Yeah, you know. I, was,
0: I mean, there's there's party, there's corruption, there's just it's a fucking mess.
1: I was talking to some, just met him, and we were talking for a while about random things, and thought I'm building a, a fence, and we were talking about how how expensive it is to do something that simple, and immediately he goes, "Yeah, it's inflation because of Biden, and it's all Biden's fault." It's like, okay, sure, but um. It's way more than just, oh, this person's president, so it's his fault. Like There's a lot of factors and a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are making this happen that go beyond parties and who's president. Oh, yeah. And that's what you need to look at and focus and learn about to see how this actually happens.
0: Mm. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I mean, you can't just blame whoever you want. I mean there has to be a a reason to it. So
1: Oh then just saying oh it's Biden it's like, oh I thought we were you know you're you're treating the president like a like a king. He makes all the final rules yeah, and decisions. Yeah, that's a good like, way to it. What do you mean it. oh it's Biden Sure, maybe some of it, whatever. And yeah. who he put in office for these different things. But what about the people we put in office and all these other things? And what what's the other side doing to try and counteract it and argue and fight for it? Mm-hmm. Really nothing. They're standing by or whatever or not. They kind of want it too. What, what are people benefiting from all this?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. But mm-hmm. they, it's, I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's a lot, it's, it makes you really think, and I hope hopefully all you guys have been listening, it kind of makes you think a little more about who you're voting for, and what, what you can do in and of yourself to help improve the country, because in my opinion, I ain't gonna lie, we're kind of in a, a tough spot right now, <laughs> I mean, you know, oh well. But uh, anyway, you want to move on? Now we've got through the, all the, the depressing downhill shit. <laughs> you yeah. you want to go into our random facts?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just want one more comment on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to read this all because it's a really long quote from um, a book somebody wrote where he talks about these um these two sides and he he kind of tries to explain saying when you have two sides and it's mainly revolved around what other whatever big current problems going on nationally or globally and when you got the two sides they present it as this answer or that answer and he's mm-hmm. saying neither He's saying that it trivializes everything. And, you know, this side's hardcore this, the other side's hardcore this, and neither of them are gonna work. And it's like both sides know it, but that's the only they have to do the opposite of the other. And it just the gears don't work. Mm -hmm. And that's the big reason everything starts to fall apart
0: yeah well, there's just
1: too much tension
0: yeah because you... again it's just it's one of things it's almost like it was a tool created to make it easier to control people
1: yeah let's get on to our random weird facts <laughs> get tired of talking politics yeah <laughs> me too. I don't know that much anyway that's hmm. <laughs> <just> got my <laughs> opinions like everybody else that's right so what that? What's that old
0: expression? My, my opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. They all stink, but mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like it.
1: Anyway, so
0: if you want to go ahead, what's your uh, little fun fact?
1: Aust- the country Australia is wider than the moon.
0: It's wider, wider,
1: or- wider. Oh, wider than the moon. The moon sits at 3000 well here let me not use the metric system the moon (laughs) the moon is 2113 miles in diameter while australia's diameter east to west is 2485 so it's about 300 miles longer than the moon
0: oh that's cool
1: yeah that was kind of (laughs) weird that's
0: a cool little fact i like that but well, I'm glad you used real measuring units and not fucking, <laughs> not the metric system. Does everybody listen from countries that use metric system? It's the wrong
1: system. It's the wrong system. How many
0: men have you guys put on the moon?
1: Anyway. <laughs> Nobody's put men on the moon.
0: Shut up. <laughs> Conspiracy podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: my fact is... Cleopatra was not actually Egyptian.
1: European, <laughs> she was
0: Greek. Yeah, she was direct descendant of uh, Alexander the Great's general Ptolemy. Because after Al- Alexander the Great, which we all know, conquered Egypt, hence the city Alexandria, and all that. <clears throat> but after he, when he died, he had no, he had no heir. So all his generals divvied up the kingdoms and that's how, you know, so-and-so got Greece and so-and-so got what Tur- what is modern day Turkey, but it had, I can't remember the ancient name for it, but Ptolemy got Egypt. Well, every, every Pharaoh up to Cleopatra was all his descendants. Now I'm not saying she was like hundred percent Greek. She was probably, you know, she probably had Egyptian blood in her. But at the end of the day, her family was Greek. Hmm. And she still could have been pure blood Greek because a lot of Greeks settled there after the Alexander the Great took it over. So, but anyway, they're, what they're saying is, of course, they've never found her body. But what they're saying is that there's a very high probability she was Greek.
1: It's hmm. interesting. Yeah,
0: that's wild, isn't it? The last pharaoh of
1: Egypt. A Greek.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got fucked up, ain't it?
1: Yeah. that. Nah, I'm not going to get into that. I was going to get into biblical history of how they kind of viewed that differently than just strictly bloodlines. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. All right.
0: You got a song you want to recommend for the people?
1: Why, well, I am most certain that I do. Once I open it up. <laughs>
0: you don't have one prepared, do you?
1: You do yours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is unprepared.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, I'll go ahead and do mine. I'm going to do Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes by George Jones. A classic. Absolute classic. I love it.
1: All right. I like it. i never heard it.
0: Yeah. He talks about the... uh, All the old country music... You know, going wrong, he's an old country music singer, but he's talking about the ones before him. You know, talking about, well, when they're dead and gone, who's going to fucking fill their shoes? And he ain't fucking wrong, because after... These old guys have been fucking going away. New country music fucking sucks.
1: All right, I got one. <coughs> um, It's kind of a depressing, yet calming, hopeful song.
0: A calm depression.
1: Yes. A contentment, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it's by... Uh, this is the only song I know of this person, but it's by... Kina or Kina, Kina Granis? No idea. It's called For Now.
0: That already sounds depressing, just the title.
1: Pretty good (laughs) one. Pretty good one. Hell yeah. So,
0: we hope you guys enjoyed the episode this week. And uh, if you like it, follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Rate. Rate us. Comment, please. Comment. Tag us in something so I can, whatever you want to do, get our attention, especially if there's something you want to hear. If you think the, you know, tell us how we're doing, you know, anything like that.
1: Well, you want to hear us debate about,
0: yeah, if you want us to debate about something, if there's just something you're dying to have, you know, hear about whatever, ask us questions, maybe we'll answer them.
1: <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but probably probably all right till next time
0: yep y'all take care